I'm Dee Dee Janae. I'm Magnum Prime. And we're the host of the WrestleCast. You can catch us right here on the CSPN each and every Friday as we provide your pro wrestling commentary with color. The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. tuning in to another episode of Dainty Thug and I appreciate all the listeners that shape the experience of me having a conversation with y'all and for y'all being part of the conversation when y'all call in and your special guests I really appreciate it it makes this so much more fun you know because it's not just me talking into the void like I sometimes I think I'm just talking to myself or maybe like a couple people hear me but it's cool I like when you all give me your feedback and let me know that y'all listening and I really appreciate all the shares retweets likes reposts recommendations I appreciate all I love when to see y'all rate the podcast like is really cool and because of that I am this episode is going to further explore the previous conversations we had about the Wu-Tang and American saga even though you know the season is over and there's no word if there's going to be a second season I feel like There are a lot of topics and conversations that can be had about the season that, you know, we can hone on in individually. So the last conversation episode we had, I just kind of like recapped, you know, the entire season and all the 10 episodes and this episode I'm actually gonna hone in on industry niggas and what I mean by industry niggas I mean about the process of trying to get signed getting signed being an artist and the gatekeepers of you know A&R folks you know uh, managers and and whatnot and how a lot of times they get it wrong and what we see in American Saga we see a young RZA we see a young Bobby Digital who is trying to get signed as an artist but he has so much talent but they're trying to fit him in this box and he is not a pop hip-hop artist he's a very gritty you know um very hardcore rap artist and producer 
and no one is trying to take him serious. So this episode just really is going to focus on industry niggas and how a lot of times they're gatekeeping, you know, the effects of their gatekeeping. A lot of good talent gets buried at the bottom, you know, because the way they're, these artists present themselves in their raw, true fashion doesn't appeal to the A&R folks, to the managers, to, you know, record heads. And how unfortunate is that the people that are doing the gatekeeping aren't even of the culture. So today, this particular day, this particular episode... I am joined by the one and only Ryan K. Smith. Now, Ryan K. Smith, aka at Me We Free on Twitter, he is a writer and journalist from Philly, and he's the currently he's the deputy editor of Don Diva Magazine. You all know what Don Diva Magazine is and he's written for Complex and Ebony Philadelphia Weekly. He has a book out right now and he has, you know, he has a lot of insight on, you know, industry niggas and artists because you all know what Don Diva Magazine is, right? Don Diva Magazine is like this uh, gel between like hip hop culture and like what's a good way to explain Don Diva magazine? I don't want to say um, I don't want to say gel culture, but I want to say it. I mean, it focused a lot on on um, prison reform, but it but the audience is a lot for um, people who are incarcerated and people who are interested in that type of um, culture and it provides like this really raw look into street culture so it is it is more of a unapologetic view of what street culture is not not the pretty version of it like not the shiny suit version of you know our hood culture but just very straight blunt and to the point so he's gonna be joining me today as we talk about like industry niggas and niggas that gatekeep hip-hop culture and how you know a lot of artists aren't even we don't even get to see or hear a lot of dope artists because they don't fit into the mold of what is marketable. So we are going to have more conversations about Wu-Tang and the American Saga going forward and just going to like hone in, like I said, on different aspects of the show and continue the conversation. So I hope you all enjoy this conversation that I had with Ryan. You guys can follow him on Twitter. And, you know, just let me know what you think of this conversation that we had, you know. And again, shout out to all my Patreon subscribers 
and followers. I appreciate you all. You all make this show possible. Thank you so much. Um, feel free to subscribe to the Patreon if you want to, because definitely all of y'all are the reason why this show exists. I couldn't have done it without you. You can find me on Patreon, patreon.com backslash M S A B fabulize F A B U L I Z E M A G. All right. So enjoy this episode. Hey, what's popping? What's popping? Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Dainty Thug. Uh, we have a special guest today. We have yeah, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> we have Ryan. Ryan is the deputy editor for Don Diva Magazine. So he's always writing some real shit. Um, I want you all to get acquainted with him. He's going to drop all his information about his book he got out right now. Should he be writing about but I want to mm-hmm. follow up from last week because last week was the first time I wanted to talk about the Wu-Tang series on Hulu. And mm-hmm. if you aren't watching, you should watch it. I gave my reasons why I was apprehensive about it at first, and then I jumped into it. But I got, like, some feedback and a few heads was, like, listening to it. So I want to keep talking about it because there's so much takeaway from the season that could be explored in conversations, uh, continued conversations. So we don't know if there's going to be a season two. I hope it's going to be a season two. But, you know, everything is up in the air right now with, you know, Disney buying and all these services and joining and, you know, turning everything into, like, Transformers. We don't know who's been on and who, who going to be here. So everything is up in the air right now. But Ryan was on Twitter last week, and he was tweeting about, you know, the Wu-Tang season, and he made a really good point about, like, you know, we see, like, Bobby slash RZA going through the motions of trying to break into the industry and how he was being played, right? Mm-hmm. He was being played, and no one was trying to give him a chance. And they was basically <clears throat> evaluating hip-hop off of trends. And Ryan was tweeting about, you know, like how these niggas is basically gatekeeping. And if, you know, Bobby wasn't as persistent and if his tape didn't get into the hands they got into, we wouldn't have a Wu-Tang. We wouldn't even be talking about it. So I kind of want Ryan, you know, I want you to expound on that and, you know, just tell us what your experience is being a writer and you know you have a lot more um professional hip-hop as a journalist insight than i do so just you know tell us some of the feedback what you think about it and everything you've seen experience and know okay well i think uh tommy boy is tripping like they put him out there like first they weren't taking him 
seriously. Like, they didn't even ask him how to spell his name to put his name on the uh, merchandise and stuff. They ended up putting Rock Him on everything. Like, right. that, that was one thing. Like, and then, like, for the video and every like, they made him make the song real poppy and, like, put him in a top hat and a cummerbund and everything for the video, trying to make it, like, they said they wanted, like, a more Hollywood appeal for it when that's, like, not what he was about at all. Like, but it, it just, it just, like, I was just so frustrated watching it, like, like that's pretty much uh like that like I don't know how to say it, but like it, it just frustrated me that they were whitewashing his uh act so much when it was really rugged and raw like street shit like and, like that was pretty much what I what I was uh experiencing watching that just frustration but uh. Yeah, but from my experience at Don Diva, like, the mainstream doesn't want that Lily shit. Like, they want raw shit. Like, I've know, I known it from running Don Diva's, uh, Insta- when I was running Don Diva's Instagram account, like, we would, like, it would rub me the wrong way when it happened, but we would post some positive shit on there, and then, like, some like white person would log in and say, yo, we all follow you for this. We follow you for the real street shit. Like that, like that's what I think. Yeah. Yeah. Like people will say shit like that. And like, it rubs me the wrong way every time, but like, that's uh, like that reminded me, like, that's what I think of when, uh, the Tommy boy was trying to, uh, when Tommy Boy is trying to whitewash it because, like, that's not even what the uh, mainstream wants. Like, they want rugged, authentic type of shit. Like, so, like that. Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, they... Yeah. uh, mm -hmm, Like, like they, like, people are, like, going from their experience what they think people want to see. But, like they want to see like some authenticity, some uh, some uh, real shit. Like, and that's what Riz was trying to bring. But they like, no, we know better. We know that people don't want it. Although, like, all the streets of Staten Island was telling them that all his shit was uh, hot. That's what they wanted to see. But they uh, they went the other way with it, and it, then it failed. And then, like, and then he didn't even get another chance to, like, uh, come back with, like, anything. Like, they didn't even give him a chance to try what he wanted to do because all the money was gone or whatever. But, uh, yeah, like, it, like I don't like hip-hop being treated as trial and error. Like, right. that's, that's not cool to me. But, now, yeah, um, I don't really know, mm-hmm. like, you know, if Riz or anybody else in the world, do you think they, I mean, they had to in their career somewhere down the line bump into the same niggas from Tommy Boy? Do you think they bumped into them? Do you think Tommy Boy, any of the execs, actually reached out to them after the fact and apologized? Or do you think they just kept it moving in and just said, fuck it, we, you know, we took an L and that's it? 
I think they probably kept it moving on. Like, this isn't the first time we've heard of uh, Tommy Boy, like, messing up something. Like, oh, do you remember, what's that show, The Breaks, that was on VH1? Yeah. It, yeah, Tommy Boy, like, they they painted them in a bad light. Like, they weren't looking for the real, like, stuff that people wanted to hear and stuff like that. And... And we know from uh, the way they treated uh, De La Soul with the uh, streaming and everything. Right. Uh, yeah, but the way, the way I, that For those they, that don't know, De La Soul, um, they got treated really bad at Tommy Boy. And over the years, they have been trying to find ways to get their money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. it's been really hard for them. Mhm. Yeah, but it, it's just like Tommy Boy doesn't rub me off. It's like just that it's so many years later and they're still like in the news for the wrong reasons. Like it just seems like they don't come off as the type to apologize or come back and say, oh, our bad, we didn't. Like, I don't know. Like, so... I don't know. It's just just like just from what's out there, I don't have like the best feelings about Tommy Boy and how they treat people and things like that. But uh yeah, that's pretty much how I feel about it. Like I don't think they came back and apologized or anything. Do you like the answer, I mean like I we know that some of the um the stories in the Wu series is exaggerated. But if you have to, like, comb through what you think is true and what you think is is um, exaggerated, what would you think is true? About the show? Yeah. Um, I think think people gave Riz a hard time about his vision for what, like, like I was getting frustrated because, like, I've been through it in my own life, like, when he was trying to convince, when he's trying to convince everybody that music is the way to go, they're all like, "No, this uh, this drug dealing shit. This is what we really need to be doing. This is the real shit. Fuck all the music shit." Like, I think he, I think he went through that, like trying to get people to see the vision, and I think he just had to piece and make it happen, like actualize it himself. But uh, like, I don't think uh, Raekwon shot at Ghostface or anything like that but uh i i think that the uh music struggle is like factual in okay. the show mm-hmm. yeah but it, it's real good writing though like I, and, uh, yeah uh, i think the writing is really good i think i i found that that's and, and Rizzo are both like eps of the song so they're definitely um they're getting their uh, their word and their point of view heard definitely. Um, mm-hmm. I okay, so I read I don't know what article it was or what magazine, but it was a while back. I read about the chick that she took the um I forgot her name. She took their demo right, and she mm-hmm. wanted to introduce it. Now there is a story about like this this woman who's like half Asian or half Hispanic or something like that that was Wu-Tang's manager for, like, I think the first five years of them being actual recording artists and signed. 
William, say that again. I'm sorry. I read an article in a, I don't know what magazine it was, but there that part of that that woman who like took the tape, who took yeah. the tape, and I don't remember her name, but I do know she. There is a woman that was like Routine's manager for like the, at least for the first five years of them being actual artists. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so you think that part is uh real? Yeah, that part is definitely real. I don't know who I think I wanna say the woman is like let me I'm gonna have to look it up. But I wanna say the woman is like in the circles with Angela Yee. Okay. Like I remember this this article I was reading. Mm-hmm. Um and she was like really pivotal, pivotal of like you know being part of like getting them seen, getting them books, getting them, you know, um, getting them overseas bookings. You know, mm-hmm. that's her name. Her name is Sophia Chang. Okay. Yeah, that's her gotcha. name. So yeah. she was like, you know, um, like half Asian or something like that. And yeah. um, she calls herself, like, the first Asian in hip-hop. And she pretty much was, like, Wu-Tang's official first manager. Got you. Oh, yeah, another part I think is authentic is uh, Hayes, the uh, the top uh, the drug dealer that got killed by the cops, because uh, that was something that they touched on in the uh, in of Mike's of Mike's and Men the documentary. They were talking mm-hmm. about a, a popular guy who got killed in uh, in uh, Staten Island by the cops. So I think that I think that's based on a real person too. And Method Man did a part. recent interview where he said he used to work at the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Yeah, that was in the documentary too. So, but he, that, this is the thing. Where is you guys? Because he was working there with you guys. Yo, I was. <laughs> you guys is nowhere part of this yeah. at all. And you know what? When I was doing the recap for the routine, I was like, you know what? I'm not even mad. I don't even miss you guys. <laughs> Oh, man, he's got to be part of the story, though. He's I mean, be. it would be nice, but if it's not, I'm not going to be like, damn, where is you guys? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know? But. Mm. Yeah, but. Uh, how... yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, I wonder how they're going to bring uh, Capadonna back around, too. That was uh, another part I was wondering about. Like how they're going to bring him back into the picture because he was in he was in jail with Divine, right? But uh, we don't see him again. At least I don't remember seeing him again. But uh, yeah, just trying to figure out how he comes back around. And Master but, Killer, like, is he on? Yes. Yeah, Master Killer was like he had like. Well, I remember seeing him in the window, like he when that scene where. Um, his their boy got shot by the cops and Method Man was in the window. There was another scene where like Master Killer was in the metal, in the window too. Oh, I thought so he that had was Inspector Deck. 
This guy went oh, to, you know uh, what? You right. That was a suspected deck. That was a master killer. Yeah. I'm bugging. That was a suspected deck. He mm. was in the window. Yeah. It's just so many of them. <laughs> yeah. And you and you know from all the stories and stuff, like everybody's saying that they used to be like fifty deep, like everywhere. Like I want to see how that happens too. How they become like the Wu Tang Clan that, like, everybody was talking about, like so deep in it, everywhere and everything. Because there's like a million of them. Yeah, but, a lot of them. Yeah. How do you think Wu Tang would have been? As as a as a group and artist on like Ruckus Records or like Loud Records or something like that. Oh, uh, they that's uh they probably would have been able to do them. They, wait, they weren't on Loud. Wu Tang wasn't I on Loud. I thought they were on No, hold on. They I think they were on Loud. I think. Method Man was on Def Jam. Okay. After they all got their solo deals and everything. But, uh, yeah, they were on Loud. Okay. Yeah, they were on Loud Records. So that that makes sense. Because, yeah, Steve Briskin called them at the end of the show to to get with them. But yeah, Wu Tang was on loud, so I I think it makes sense because they were able to do them after after that. And like, by the way, Wu Tang Clan, like I I may not be the biggest historian, but they're my favorite group of all time. They're my favorite group of all time. I mean, so. it's hard to not like Wu Tang because it's like mm-hmm. so many styles into one. Yeah, and it's also. Like it's all like it like I had never seen anything like it before. It, like with that a group that big with all those different personalities and it all worked. But mm-hmm. yeah. But uh who is your favorite out of the Wu Tang? You know, before watching the series I would say Ghostface and then watching the series I'm like, I'm still in Ghostface. Yeah, Ghostface is my favorite too. He's my favorite guy too. In the group, although Raekwon is a close second, and that's that, yes. like I did hear, I did hear, I did hear that they didn't get along. But it's so crazy to think that they were like mortal enemies hey. and came to be Ghost and Ray. Like they love each other, <laughs> like, like it's crazy. But I, oh yeah, part, about parts that I don't think were real. I don't think like. Any of that thing, like where uh, Ghostface took Raekwon's gun, I don't think any of that happened because that would have like been crazy in the streets if something like that really happened. Okay. Like, I think somebody would have died over that. But, <laughs> yeah. Do you think? Do you think Ghostface dated Rizzo's sister? See, I don't know, because in the documentary they said that he he and uh, Rizzo were roommates, but I don't, like, I can't put my finger on that one, if he was really dating his sister or not. That would be wild, because she got <laughs> pregnant, because she got pregnant yeah. on the show, but that would be wild, but I, 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 can't, I can't call it. 
I can't call it. Okay. Yeah. But. So, what do you think, like, watching this series for someone who's aspiring to be, like, an artist, what would mm-hmm. you tell them as a music journalist? To someone who's aspiring to be an artist? Yep. Based on the show. So, I would just tell them to, like, look at the cohesiveness of the story. Like, I think a lot of people get messed up. Like, they don't make sure that their stories are right. Like, mm-hmm. you got it. Like, and it's so detailed. Like, and it, it all, like, it all, like, is woven in together real well. Like, take time with your stories to really develop them into something great. And then, like, with, like, even down to the casting, like, everything is perfect to me for that show and telling yeah. Wu-Tang's story. Like, so, like, I, I think, like, we have to, like, I'm guilty of it myself. Maybe I'm, I'm not as detailed as I need to be, but the, the attention to detail, I think, is something that is, like, gets lost sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think uh, yeah, like, make an outline, like, weave it all together and make it all work, but put out the uh, best product that you can, like, not just as quick as you can, but, like make like get all those details right and make sure they all work together. That's my biggest uh that's my biggest takeaway. That that's Do my biggest Do you think we'll ever see another rap group like Wu Tang? Sorry, you broke up a little. What what was that? I'm sorry, I said do you think we'll ever see a rap group like Wu Tang again? Uh we came close we came close Woo-hoo. with the uh, a- ASAP mob, I think. Uh, they had a lot of members. They just didn't all blow up like uh, all the members of Wu-Tang did. But And there's the uh, YBN crew. Like, they got a lot of members. I think it, I think it can happen. I think it can happen. But uh, it, it just, like, music is just so different with... Uh, the way it is now, like getting a buzz and everything, like it takes on a different, like you can't just make a hot song and pass it around and people spread it around. Like you got to, like it takes, like it just seems to take so much more. Like people want to be, people, like people want to be into the artists. Like, like I know more, more artists like from their candid videos and stuff than I do from their music nowadays like it seems like you have to blow up like people have to be really into you as a person like we didn't get that from Wu-Tang when they were first out like getting to know them right artists like we just knew them on wax like but I think it could happen like anything is possible like but the way that Wu-Tang happened was real like was was wild like they they all got signed as a group and then they all got solo deals and everything like I like I don't know if we'll ever see that again really but I think it can happen I think it can happen so I think it okay. can okay well mm-hmm. let people know where they can find you on social media tell them about your book okay alright uh, I'm most active on Twitter I'm at me we free m-e-w-e-f-r-e-e underscore 
Uh, it used to be just straight up me, we free, but I got suspended for uh, sharing <laughs> copyrighted music. I didn't know. But, uh, yeah, I'm most active on there. I'm also on Instagram. I post crazy videos on there at me, we free. That's M-E-W-E-F-R-E-E. And I have my book out at mewefree.com. It's called Getting Free, a Collection of Writings by Ryan K. Smith. It's just short stories, essays, an article, and uh, some allegories that I wrote. Some from back in the day, some more recent. But, like, I wrote these two called The Allegory of the Silent Party and the Almighty All. Well, actually, I don't know. I don't even know how to pronounce this. No, Maddie, O-U-G-H. You know, there's a lot of ways to pronounce that. But, uh, yeah, uh, I think those two stories are like the highlights of the book. But check it out. Check it out. Check me out. Um, I got, I'm working on some more stuff to put out. Uh, I helped edit my boss, Kevin Charles' uh, autobiography, the Rise, Fall, and Redemption, I mean, The Crack Era, The Rise, Fall, and Redemption of Kevin Charles, and that's out now. Check that out. I think it's a classic out there with Paid and Paul and all those stories, so check that out. And, uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter to get my thoughts most of the time. That's me, we Thank you so much, Ryan. And, you know, hopefully we get a season two of Wu-Tang because we got to definitely know, you know, where everything goes from here and, you know, how they went from not being signed to being in the hood to Mm -hmm. being one of the best rap groups we've seen. Just curious, I I have a question if we have time. What other rapper or rap group would you want to see a show like that about? Outcast. Yeah, I was thinking that too. yeah, I would definitely watch an Outcast show. Um, mm, I, I would want to see Jay Z. Nah, oh. I wouldn't want to see Jay Z. Nah. <laughs> I, I feel like I don't know. At this point, I don't. I don't, I don't know. Because okay. it's like once he gets married to Beyonce, it's just like really. I just want to know about Beyonce. I don't really. Want care about what <laughs> you know what I'm saying <laughs> so um, yeah. I definitely would watch Outcast. I would watch I would watch Little Kim but I felt like I would be triggered because like she has such a very uh, she has a she's had a very violent life and violent mm-hmm. not in her just being like a badass but like everything that has happened to her but I would watch yeah. it um, mm-hmm. I would watch um, believe it or not, I'll watch a, um, YouTube story. What was that? You broke up a you, little bit. I will watch UGK. Okay. Word. I will watch you. Yeah. Oh, UGK. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think who else. You know what? I would even watch a Snoop Dogg story, and I'm going to tell you why. Because I feel like Snoop has been with so many big labels and and crews. Mm -hmm. He's seen a lot of shit. And for him to, like, still be doing his thing, I I will watch that, too. Word. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was just curious. I was just curious because Outcast was on my mind and for. Who did you have on your list? I had Outcast, Jay Z, Fifty Cent. He's one of my favorite rappers. I know he's terrible, but uh, he's one of my favorite rappers. <laughs> I think his, I think his, like beyond the uh, movie, beyond the movie, like a whole show about what he was going through because I know it had to be crazy. But uh, yeah, those are pretty much it for me. Hell yeah, and uh, I'd like to see a state property show too. See how they all came together and everything. I will watch that the state property show. Mm-hmm. I will watch that. You know who else I watch? Yeah. I watch a Queen Latifah one too. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Queen Latifah, they they touched on her a little bit on the show, but like Flavor Unit and all that. But uh, right, yeah, and I feel really like that whole awesome. Flavor Unit movement really mm-hmm. needs its own story. Yeah, yeah, because that that was wild. I was trying to think of all the people that were in Flavor Unit, but. Yeah, that 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 there there's probably a wild story behind that one too. And keeping it all functional and everything. Yes, but, I would uh, definitely watch it. So maybe, you know, we mm-hmm. might get our wish sometime in the future. Maybe, maybe not. Word. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Ryan, thank you for coming on Dainty Thug. We will definitely be talking about more routine in the near future. Um so if y'all listen to this, you know, if you got any feedback about, you know, what is the season you want us to talk about, do you want us to talk about, you know, the interactions between Ghost and Wizard, whatever you want to talk about, just let me know. All right, you can find me on Twitter at Dainty Thug. You can find me on Facebook at Rosa Sparks. You can find me on Facebook and my Facebook group, My Superheroes Are Black where we keep it super black all the time. So I will be talking to y'all soon. So thanks, Ryan. Talk to y'all later. All right, thank you for having me. All right, bye.